Welcome to the Clear Choices Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Eigner, and it is my unique privilege to bring you intriguing conversations with people who have made the bold choices necessary to elevate their lives and create a positive impact on the world. By hearing their stories, I hope you walk away more motivated and more inspired to do the same in your life. Because we all have choices to make. My goal is to help inspire you to make more conscious and powerful choices, clear choices. Now let's get started. Hey, Clear Choices listeners, Rob Eigner here with a really unique episode. I'm going to be talking with Mary Lynn Harris. She is the founder of heartatworkonline.org. And what she does is consult people in business and in life to bring kindness and happiness and joy into the workplace and into their lives, which is something I think all of us can agree we can use a lot more of right now, particularly right now in the world when we have so much uh, challenging circumstances that we're all facing. So first of all, Mary Lynn, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. It'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Yeah, appreciate having you here. So so this is uh, very unique. Uh, what, what is it exactly that you do? And I guess start us off by telling us, how did you pivot into this line of work? Mm, I started 20 years ago, actually, in year 2001. And um, I started because, well, I had a bit of a personal awakening. but So I started the business because I was working with uh, a nonprofit who were uh, doing random acts of kindness because of random act of violence. And so then I said, okay, I'm going to go in the workplace, the corporate world. And everybody's, oh, we so need it. So anyway, so I just started it and just started doing, uh, I launched it by doing two um, kindness to colleague workplace conferences and kindness hero awards. And then I did a lot of public speaking and I started doing more workshops and that type of thing. And that's how I got the ball rolling. So how would you describe the primary function, you know, you serve uh, with the people that you're consulting? Like what, what's the, the typical or the most common right. outcome you're looking for? Yeah. Um, at the time I was, you know, IT companies get it because they know they have to keep attracting good talent. So they were kind of getting it with kindness. They, they just said, yeah, yeah, we get it. And so then um, I started working with a lot of nonprofits because they needed something that would give them the edge because they couldn't pay the highest salary as, you know, IT companies and other companies. So they were able to um, buy into it right away because they get that the culture is really important. So it's, so it's really about creating a more positive culture in the workplace um, so that that's another one of the benefits maybe an employee is getting besides salary and healthcare and this, that, and the other. Now they're also in an environment that's enriching them in some way. Right. Right. But you know, it depends on each nonprofit is different. Right. So um, I've heard that there's not so good culture too, but I mean uh, we all have to start wherever we are and just do what we can to create a better workplace culture. So that's really what it's about. So, so now, so, yeah, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so now let's say I'm a, I find your website, hardatworkonline.org, and I, I'm interested in what you do. I have an organization of 20 people. I'm just making that up. And I call you yeah. and I go, hey, you know, we really need to improve our culture 
Uh, I would right. love to get your consultation with my group. What does that look like? What does that actually look like in practice? What are we going to do? Well, I'm going to go over to them and have a sit down with the CEO or whoever it is that's called me. Because uh, sometimes the people that are calling you really don't have any budget, right? So you have to figure out, you know, what their budget is and stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just go in there and have a conversation with them, find out what their issues are. And um, from there, we devise a game plan of how we can help them recover. Because there's some really simple things they can do, but they just don't think of implementing them. And that's the biggest challenge is like, most organizations, when I do my podcast now, for example, I run into the same issue is that there's a really a lack of communication that's going on between the higher ups and the bottom end people, like or their worker bees, if you will. So for me, it's just consulting with them, seeing what's going on, what's working, what's not working, and let's see if we can strengthen what's working. And then later, maybe we attempt the idea of what's not working. And so is that what you find is the primary common thread is lack of or broken communication? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so how does, how does that show up typically? Is it, you know, uh, the elbow not doing, not knowing what the shoulder's <laughs> doing or like, what does it look like? Well, usually what happens is, is that's when we have the breakdowns, a breakdown of communication can be a simple thing that you didn't bother to pick up the phone and tell me about something I need to be aware of or uh, sending out, you know, I don't really agree with sending out a lot of emails because you get a lot of miscommunication just in that fact. So maybe it's picking up the phone call. Maybe it's about meeting for coffee and having a discussion about something. So the breakdown for me is usually about taking a look. What's the communication channels? How do you communicate to each other? What is said? And bringing more kindness into that. And I have, you know, another thing I'm about to take about this is that I'm finding that if people themselves aren't kind, they're not likely going to be kind at work. So that is another issue we have to take a look at too, is like, what's the individual, what's going on in their life and how we can be more compassionate and empathetic toward each other. I I love that. And I think it's, you know, being empathetic and authentic and kind is, you know, of course, super important. I've got to think, um, you know, you have to walk, you know, very carefully as you're addressing this issue with clients or potential clients that you don't necessarily know that well. So how do you sort of infuse them with this notion of empathy and kindness uh, when you're kind of (laughs) stepping into someone else's world? Right. Right. Well, I think the ideal thing for me is just sit down with each person and find out what's kind of going on. Like the show of the prophet, for example, he sits down with everybody and finds out why things aren't working. So it was it's kind of the same way how I would do it is talk to the CEO, the higher ups, the powers to be all the way down to the people that work at the organization find out what's going on and i would just sit down and listen to them and try to find out what's going on and, and so then the, from oh go ahead go ahead yeah and then from there make a presentation to uh, the people who are interested in maybe changing some th- aspect in their business so i'd be curious uh, for the audience to hear a couple 
examples of that without naming the, you know, the company or anything, of course, but I'd love to hear an example of two things. One is what was an environment you walked into that had its challenges or toxicity or whatever that really turned around and, and how did that happen? And then what's another example of maybe an environment that, that didn't turn around or it, di- it just didn't, it didn't take. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one, I was actually, uh, I was hired by a nonprofit to come in and just help them because I had my own business on the side and they said, well, would you just come work for us part-time and help us turn it around? So I went in there and it was so awful. You could say, somebody could say something to somebody else negative and less than 24 hours you would hear about it. So it's very toxic, fully bullies. And it was just kind of run down. And when you have to take a look, okay, what's going on? What's the dynamics here? So I kind of just said, I had a staff meeting and I just said, okay, well, we know that nobody's happy here. Nobody wants to be here. Your wages aren't enough and all that stuff will get accomplished. But in the meantime, I can't stop you from gossiping because you're not going to quit doing that. But what you can do is I'm going to ask you to start talking positively about each other. So I want you to now talk about, catch somebody doing a nice thing, a kind thing, and talk about that. And uh, that's how things started to turn. And just with that simple little thing, the organization started turning around within three months. So it's really about, in in that scenario, it's really about reinforcing the positive instead of pointing out the negative. Yeah, yeah. You know, it reminds me, it reminds me, I'll just share a, a quick, thing uh, in my business life i uh i was once in a scenario running a managing an office and there was a gossip problem it's exactly what you talked about and one mm-hmm. person came to me about gossiping about another person and much to their surprise i sent an email to the other person copying the original mm-hmm. uh person who had the complaint and i said hey sounds like we need to have a conversation and i got the three of us in a room and they were both of course uncomfortable that i had done that but then when i just sort of put it out all on the table and said, not the environment I want us to be coexisting in. That sort of mm-hmm. backstabbing sort of gossip never happened again. Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't serve a good purpose and uh, it doesn't help anybody because now everybody's in fear of even being there at work or wherever they are. Yeah. So if you're, if you're, thank you, and I agree with that. And thank you for sharing the first um, story. Is there an example of an environment where, you just couldn't help them infuse the kindness concept into their <laughs> into their life. Uh, well, I I've spoken to a lot of uh, businesses about infusing kindness in their business, and I just had one one company was the manufacturing company. Uh, he was from the old school, I guess, and he just said kindness doesn't have a place in my business. He said I have a production facility to run. And uh, kindness does not work. And I says, well, have you ever tried it? And he just said, I don't want to hear your comment because we're not doing it. Okay. <laughs> he was just he was just shut down. So yeah. so so we're obviously, uh, this is a, a theme that I'm sure is coming up on every podcast uh, right. around, around the land. But, you know, we're obviously in a very unique situation right now. A lot of people are homebound. They're working from mm-hmm. home or their work is compromised or jeopardized at some point. 
So I know it maybe seems like an obvious question, but how can your concept and theme, how can we all put that into play now, given this whole COVID-19, you know, this novel coronavirus challenge that we're facing? Okay. So do you want a personal person or from a workplace? Uh, You know what? I'd love to hear both. (laughs) Well, you know, because uh, I don't know much about the people that are working remotely, how they're feeling or I mean because it's really about a personal issue whether you're at work or whether you're at home Mm -hmm. and so one of the things I think that are really key when you are is back to the personal so most of us you know it's kind of interesting because work at home and being around family you face the same kind of issues that you might face at work but really you have to stop and look at and ask yourself how am I contributing to this factor Mm-hmm. And if you're not being kind to yourself, you're not being kind to anybody else either. So whether you're at home or at work or working remotely with your coworkers, you have to stop and think and think about like, okay, how can, what's going on and why is this happening? And really take ownership and responsibility for yourself of why and how I'm communicating this. And some people I've spoken to, they're still stuck in the blame game or else they, they say, well, I don't know how to ask for what I want. And I said, well, maybe you need to figure that out or take a course or get some coaching help or something like that, you know, to help you ask for what you want so that you have a better experience working with other people, right? Mm-hmm. So working at home is just, it's a great time actually working at home is to build up your emotional well-being because most of us are bankrupt. And so what are some of the ways you would suggest for people to make progress in that regard? Well, you know, there's lots of different ways and it's not going to, a lot of these ways aren't going to work for everybody, but I'm sure you can find one or two that, you know, that you can say, yeah, I can do that. So one of them is to meditate. The other one is to maybe journal. Right. Um, you know what, what you're feeling and why are you feeling? Because you'll discover later that things will pop up. Oh, oh, now I understand. So um, that's uh, number two. And number three is get out and exercise. Go for a walk. Um, you can still go f- walk with your friends. You just have to keep your distance of six feet away. Uh, but get out and walk. Go outside and exercise. Um, have a bite if you have a bike go for a bike ride, just just get out, um, even if it's just for 20 minutes to go around the block or longer, because that refreshes our mind and our body, and they, and our body appreciates you a little bit more because of that exercise, because otherwise we become stagnant. And the other thing is, um, you know, find a way to reach out and volunteer for somebody else. Maybe you're running around and picking up groceries for somebody else while you're doing yours. So find different ways to volunteer or reach out and help somebody else. Make a difference for other people. Yeah, I agree. I agree with yeah. all, all four of those things. I, 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 uh, my intention is to do all four of those things for myself. And I definitely, uh, I know that for myself, for sure, we're, if I don't work out, that's where I'm uh, at the most immediate <laughs> down, downgrade. If I'm not working out, I, I, I definitely feel worse. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. So I wanted to share a couple of things that I'd researched uh, in preparation for our call today. <laughs> and w- one is um, 
you know, something that's been out there a, a number of times uh, in the media and in various, uh, you know, periodicals and whatnot. Uh, so I'm curious what your thought is on this. And that is the idea okay. of how much money does or doesn't make us happy. And so the, the recent study that I pulled from a Princeton University medical journal was $75,000. I'm sure you've heard this is the annual salary it takes to put a smile on the average person's face. It says making more money makes us happier up to a certain level. A recent study mm-hmm. from Princeton found that once your salary hits 75,000, making more money won't have much of a dramatic effect on your day-to-day happiness. Uh, and lastly, uh, what I pulled people who bring home less than 75 have undergone more hardships such as divorce or ill health while higher earners generally report more satisfaction. But again, the threshold starts diminishing after 75,000. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. Well, that was a bounce ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, yeah, of course, you know, we need money to live on and we need money to do what we want to do. And if that's what the stats are, that's what they are. But I also think that the money isn't going to make a difference if you're not happy. Mm-hmm. You have to be happy first to get the money. You have to be happy to keep the money. So it's not to say that we don't want to earn money and we don't want to support our families. And I'm not suggesting that you quit your job, you know, if you're not happy, but you can work on that while you're at the job earning the money. So my my viewpoint is money doesn't make you happy. You have to make yourself happy first. Yeah. So But at the same time, you know, if that's what the stat is, that's what the stat is. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with that. As they, I've heard many times people say, you know, there's many, you know, millionaires and billionaires that aren't happy and there's many, you know, poor people in whatever part of the world or the country that are happy. So, but I thought that was an interesting stat. And then I also, I also pulled a quote for you and it's really (laughs) kind of about the, how the word happiness versus joy lands on you. So here's, here's the quote. Okay. It says joy is caused by elation at a moment in time. Joy may not always be about oneself, but be about others contentment as well. Mm-hmm. Happiness on the other hand is about the self's pleasure. Happiness may dwell more on materialism, worldly pleasures or experiences while joy is derived from the soul. So I'm just curious what your response is to that. Hmm. Well, they're the definitions. So joy to me would be, like you said, it's in the moment. Um, it's also about, you know, if you do a kind act for somebody, you get that instant joy that I feel good that you get. And it's in the moment. And it might last that same feeling, though, may still hold you for 24 hours or a few days because you can think about it and you remember, Oh, that, that was, that was such a great feeling. You know, you wish you could do it again and you may. And, uh, and then the one about happiness. Well, I don't agree that happiness is just for people that are selfish. Cause I think we all want to be happy. So where, how do you define the difference or is there a difference between joy and happiness to you? They're all virtues, and it all depends on what you love to have and what's important to you because everybody's different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you might think that joy is more important, 
important than being happy. But to me, they're one of the same. It's just how we're describing it. So remembering the theme of, of my uh, podcast, which is Clear Choices, what right. would you say to the listenership about making choices to get them to more of that kindness, happiness, and joy sort of mentality, whether we're talking about the workplace or not? Right, right. Well, I guess number one, don't gossip unless it's a positive gossip and encourage people, inspire people. So if you're on LinkedIn or Facebook, you know, try to encourage and leave a positive comment. You know, we have our own demons we have to deal with to get the negativity. So just be more positive with other people and with yourself because they'll remember that rather than if you have a negative comment, they may block you or whatever. But, you know, just be more positive. Gossip, but be positive. Be kind to yourself. So there's, you know, kind of like three things, you know, be kind to yourself, be kind to someone else and be kind to the community. So is it kind? Is it worthwhile? Is it important? And if it's not, then why do you keep doing it? You know, there's a great book, um, if I could say by uh, it's called Four Agreements. I would highly recommend that book. It's a really good book being for companies that are small, because that's your operating manual. (laughs) So I encourage you to uh, read the book and follow along. Uh, I love that. What, what, what's the key takeaway you would want a, uh, one of our, my listeners to get from that book? Cause I, I'm familiar with that book, but I'm curious what your take is. I think the key thing is not to take things personally. It's just like, you're not responsible for somebody, their reaction to you or what mm-hmm. you say. And that's a tough lesson to learn. I mean, it's taken me a long time to learn that myself, but you know, I catch myself, you know, somebody might say this, something to me and I, I say, oh, okay, well, I must have done something wrong or to start taking it personally. Mm. Don't take it personal. It's nothing about you. It's just what that person, so just accept what it is, is. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. I think it's a, a constant process, a check and balance that we all yeah. have to do on ourselves. because no matter how much work I've done on myself, how much journaling or meditation <laughs> Or, or, or talking to people yeah. like you, you know, sometimes I'm really great about not letting things affect me personally. And other mm-hmm. times I have to go back and do a little bit more self-reflection and work. So I think that's a, it's a constant process for all of us. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, I appreciate, uh, everything that you're doing. And I think it's, it's so important nowadays, uh, to have people, both in the workplace and, and in individuals' lives to try to make us uh, self-aware and aware of the right. environments that we're creating. So we, I think we need mm-hmm. that more than ever now. So I really appreciate what you're doing. Is there any, um, as we wrap up, is there any final words uh, that you would want to say to the audience about either what you do or the, you know, the time we face right now? I think uh, the more self-aware you are of yourself, the more contribution you could give to yourself, your family, to uh, your workplace, to the community. So if we're more self-aware, that meaning, that really means is like learning more about yourself. And uh, I think that's really key. And when you do that, you'll become happier because you'll be noticing things. Oh, I'm doing this. Okay, own it and move on. So 
That would be one of the key things. And if you need some help or you need to reach out to somebody to talk to, just give me a call. I mean, I'm happy to have a chat with you and see how I can help you. Yeah, I appreciate that. We're going to have your uh, your website link and contact information in the show notes so anybody can mm-hmm. reach out to you. And I really, really resonate with the last thing you said there, which is, you know, when you self-reflect, you it gives you a chance to own things because I think ultimately, whether we're taking something personal or or feeling insecure or what or challenged in any given way, you know, all we can really mm-hmm. do is choose to look at ourselves and, and take ownership of the part of it that we can impact. Uh, just like this, this COVID right. virus that we're faced with right now, like we can't change the economy ourselves. We can't change the virus right. ourselves, but we can take positive steps every day. Right, right. Yeah. And just learn to become, you know, happier with whatever's going on. Because we, like so many of those things, like you say, are way out of our control. So what can you control? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. uh, a message of kindness is very <laughs> well needed right now. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to have you on the show and, and deliver that message today, uh, particularly, uh, when so many people need it. So thank you so much for being part of the show today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Robert. It's a great conversation. Thank you. Take Love care. Love to carry on soon. Okay. You take care. Always be kind. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been inspired and motivated by what you heard today, please subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. Post it on social media, invite friends, and let me know if you have any potential guests. While you're there, leave us a review. We'd love to connect with you as well, so check out our Facebook page by searching Clear Choices. I'm available for speaking engagements, and you can find more information by visiting our website at clearchoices.live. All this can be found in our show notes. Join us next week for more inspiring stories that can help us all make clear choices. Thanks for listening.